if you pay an agency, the agency is basically going to facilitate an introduction from you to a journalist because journalists don't want to talk to PR people. They want to talk to business owners. So why not cut out the middleman, go out and build those relationships directly with the journalist yourself. And lo and behold, the next time they have an article and they're looking for someone to comment on it, they will come to you. Hello, and welcome to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps marketers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs sell more effectively to the world's most powerful consumer, mums. Each fortnight, we bring you a deep diving interview with a marketing specialist from around the globe who can help you gain insights about this influential consumer. Let's hear from our host, Katrina McCarter. Having your brand spoken about within the media is incredibly influential. Now, while most businesses see value in appearing in the media, they have reservations about the investment required to engage a PR agency. Today on the show, we are speaking through the process of doing your own PR. Our guest is taking us through the best ways to identify and approach a journalist, how to follow up and the key mistakes to avoid. This is a really practical episode which will really appeal to small and medium business owners and marketers who are looking to use PR to reach mothers without the expense. Today, our guest is Australia's leading PR education specialist, Jules Brooke. She is the owner of Handle Your Own PR, and she specialises in teaching small business owners across Australia on how to gain their own PR without the need for a PR agency. Now, Jules' unique PR platform allows brands and business owners to build their own media list, write their media release, and send it out to the media. Welcome, Jules. Jules, it is so good to finally have you on the show. I am absolutely delighted to be here. Thank you so much, Katrina, and especially for that very, very nice intro. <laughs> <laughs> Always make them nice. Now, Jules, I want to jump straight into things today and I want to ask you, why do you think that every business who wants to attract mums should be using PR? What a great question. Well, firstly, because PR is so powerful, because the difference between, say, taking an ad or doing a social media post and getting in mainstream media is that you get this third-party endorsement because people think that the editor has gone out to find the best in their field and then they are writing about it. They don't realise that people are sending in story ideas and sending in articles and that's actually how they're chosen. So you get that third-party endorsement absolutely straight away. The other thing that's so great is it positions you as being the top of your field for exactly that reason I was just talking about. And the last bit is, and I'm a big believer obviously in people doing it themselves, is that it's free. Once you learn how to do it, you don't actually pay the media to take your stories you know if you can come up with a good enough story that's it it is it's a free service they're looking for good stories so you just have to learn how to present your story in a way that the media will like so why is it that you think that brands and business owners should actually consider doing the pr themselves rather than engage a pr agency well i guess for me the big the big 
clincher is that if you pay an agency, the agency is basically going to facilitate an introduction from you to a journalist because journalists don't want to talk to PR people. They want to talk to business owners. So my theory has always been why not cut out the middleman and save yourself three or four grand a month and actually go out and build those relationships directly with the journalist yourself. Then what happens is when you have given them a couple of articles that they've published, they start to get to know what it is that you're happy to talk about and what you're an expert in. And lo and behold, the next time they have an article and they're looking for someone to comment on it in your area of expertise, they will come to you. So it means that you start to build up a bit of media profile. And ultimately, if you then want to go to an agency, you understand how the media works, what the media is looking for, what journalists actually like your types of stories. And you also have kind of what I used to say, um, very tongue in cheek, is realistic expectations of your PR agency. Because I had an agency for 15 years. And if I had a dollar for every time someone turns up and says, I want to be in the Fin Review, you know, Kids Spot <laughs> and Woman's Weekly, and they're the only ones I want to be in, I would be very rich. And it just doesn't work like that with PR. You need to start small, start getting, I mean, you don't always have to start small. I always tell people to think big, but don't be disappointed if you get, you know, a mummy blogger or you get, you know, a, a woman's magazine doing a story. Ultimately, you can get up to whatever media outlet you want to be in. And the other thing is that people forget about TV and TV and radio are also looking for content all the time. And of course, the morning television shows, I would call low hanging fruit because they are constantly looking for stories that will appeal to mums. And so you've got this TV, you've got two or three TV shows that go from nine till 11 during the week, and they are almost exclusively focused on mum type content. And on top of that, they are desperately looking for content all the time. So it's a huge opportunity to get in and, and get to that market as well. Oh, I love how you've pointed out a few of those tips there for us, Jules. <laughs> oh, what I'm keen to know, though, is like, what is it that brands and business owners get wrong when they're doing their own PR? Like are there are there some kind of big mistakes that they really need to avoid? Yes, there is a classic mistake that everybody makes if they don't know what they're doing and that is to make their article or their story sound like an ad because what you have to realise with PR and, you know, no offence intended, but it's not about you. It just isn't. No one is interested in your business. Nobody is interested in the processes or the fact that you've set up, you know, something clever over here. What they want to know is how does it affect me? So you must write your media releases and be very generous in the information that you can offer other people. One of the biggest mistakes I see is that people start off their media releases and it's not a story about a human, it's not a story about how you can help me and it's not advice, it's guess what, this company is doing such and such, these are the processes they have in place, they're all there for our customers, we care about our customers, but even in that language it's about we, it's about us and what we, what we, how fabulous we are and you've got to kind of flip it on its head and make it about how how fabulous the audience is and how easily you can help them and here are some tips for helping them or here's this new product or service and this is what it will do to help you and a really good way of doing that is tell the story of one of your customers their problem how your business has solved their problem and how they've managed to get on it and succeed on the back of that. I couldn't agree with you more, Jules. What you're referring to is a, is a strategy that I refer to as story selling. Absolutely. It's all about the stories. It's a 
great way to sell and to really connect with the audience as well. But I agree it's all about them as opposed to um, the business and I, I see that mistake. Now, I'll just tell you though, there is one thing that is slightly different and that is if you've got products because if you've got products you absolutely should be doing PR yourself it's very easy to get and the difference is when you've got a product and you want to get it in what's hot and things we love and you know our favorite products of the week or whatever they don't want a big long story they want an amazing photo so that's the only thing I would say is if you've got products, then it's all about the photography. And then you just need to say, you know, what colour it comes in, how it works, and where people can buy it and how much it costs. Oh, great tip. Now, Jules, what about for people that have never engaged in PR before? They're willing to do it for themselves, but where do they start? And is, you know, is there a particular process that you would recommend to to businesses like this? I would. And they're my favourite kind of people because they're the ones I normally work with. So the first thing that they need to have, and and most people have it, so I'm, I'm not trying to tell people to suck eggs, but you have to have a website because your website is going to do all the heavy lifting with your PR. So every article that you write out to the media, it's going to have at the bottom, I hope, a call to action line that's going to say, for more information, go to www, whatever your website is. So the media will not print phone numbers. They don't care that you're having a sale. They don't care that there are discounts. They will only send people to your website. So whatever your message is in your media release, it needs to be replicated on your website. And if you're driving people to buy things, then you need to clearly say on the website, this is how you can buy. Because it's very, very rare. These days, I'd say highly unlikely that a business will say, go to Coles or go to Woolworths or go to wherever. They will say, go to the website for stockists. So your website does have to do the heavy lifting. The other thing that's really, really important before you get started is that you have great photography. And I've talked about that for products, but it's actually true of all PR because the job that the journalist hates the most is trying to find an image to go with a story because that's not their area of expertise either and it takes up a lot of time. So if a journalist is given two great articles and one has a fabulous photo and one doesn't, they will always take the one with the photo, uh, particularly in the business media where nobody sends photos. So those would be the two things that I'd say people need to think about. Then they need to start thinking about what is the best way of getting their message out? Do they want to position themselves as a thought leader, in which case they need to get their opinion out there and they need to be offering lots of advice, uh, lots of how-tos, lots of um, how to avoid making mistakes and the best way to choose something. If it's a service-based business, so they're a coach or something, then they need to start talking about what is their expertise? And if you have any authors in the group, that is the easiest PR to do. You take your chapter headings, turn them into a, a headline for a media release, and then do a synopsis of your chapter. And that should give you at least 12 media releases if you've got 12 chapters that you could be sending out. Marketing to Mums, the podcast, is proudly brought to you by the Marketing to Mums Assessment. This personalised diagnostic report will help you understand how your brand is currently performing in your Marketing to Mums activities. The Marketing to Mums Assessment will clearly identify your gaps and opportunities and provide you with a series of recommendations to attract, engage and convert more mothers and their families to your business. 
You can find out more about Marketing to Mums assessment on the website at www.marketingtomums.com.au forward slash assessment. What's the best way to actually approach a journalist? Like do they prefer an email where you pitch your idea or a media release or should you actually go via the phone? What what would you recommend? Right. So different media like different things. So if you're going to go to a blogger or a magazine like a monthly magazine or a weekly magazine, I would always email they don't, they're not so time sensitive that it really matters if, if it gets lost, but make sure that you do a follow-up email. So if you don't hear from the journalist within a couple of days, do a follow-up email and say, just checking you saw this, you know, were, you know, was there any interest? If you are trying to get yourself onto television, I would always ring first, same with radio, because they have a very, very fast news cycle. And they're looking for people all the time. And you could get lost because they're not sitting at their desk looking at emails coming through all the time like journalists are they're up they're producing they're doing interviews so I would always pick up the phone ring the the producer or you can ring the front desk and ask to speak to the producer of whatever show you want and then the first thing I always say to journalists is is this a good time because if they are on a deadline they're not going to be able to give you the attention that you need and if they say look I'm right in the middle of something can you call back then you just make sure that you do call back If they say yes, which a lot of them will, then the next trick is to say, I've got a fantastic story idea or I've got a fantastic interview idea because no journalist can turn down the possibility of a great story. So they're going to give you at least a couple of minutes to listen to what you have to say. And then what you want to do is probably have two or three bullet points written down that are going to cover off what you want to tell them. You're going to have about two minutes to do this. So you're going to have to kind of go, I would say, hi, my name is Jules. Now with what's going on in the pandemic, I really believe that people should be doing more PR. I have a business about PR at the moment. And I've got some tips that I'd like to share with your viewers or with your listeners. That would be enough for them to go, no, not interested at all. Or, oh, that sounds interesting. Can you please send me something? And that's when you follow up with the email. And for newspapers, I would pretty much ring as well. I think you ring, you speak to the chief of staff. He or she is only going to give you a couple of minutes. And again, you're going to pitch your story idea. And they're going to say, yep, that sounds really interesting. Can you email it through? or no, I'm not interested, or this isn't something that we would cover, in which case you can then say, well, what sort of things are you looking for? So can I then ask, just backtracking just on the newspaper one, because I thought that that was super interesting, you uh, you weren't su- suggesting a media release through to, to the news desk, you would actually phone and you'd phone the chief of staff. That's what I would do first, because what's happening out there in media land is they're telling no one, everyone not to ring. And as a result, they hardly get any calls. So if you call, you're going to be one of the few during the day rather than them drowning in it, because at the moment they're drowning in emails. So that's one of the things. The other thing is that newspapers are slightly different in that they won't take an article that you've written and cut and paste and put it in, which they will do in magazines. So you're actually pitching an idea that you want somebody else to write. So yes, I would ring first, but have your media, when I say media release or article or your media pitch, ready to email them with any research that you might have and images. As soon as they say that sounds interesting, then send it through and they're going to be looking out for it. 
Yeah, fantastic. Now you touched on something a bit earlier also, Jules, that I really wanted to to, to go back on and that's you were talking about follow-up and I, I'm keen to understand if is the best way to follow up via phone or via email and what kind of time period should people be waiting? Right, so with follow-up, I have a rule of thumb and I tell everyone to do it within two days of sending the first email because if you leave it much longer than that, you're pretty much re-pitching. And they'll kind of go, this isn't follow-up. This is just, you know, you sent it to me a week ago. But there is a slight, there's always a caveat, isn't there? There's a slight caveat that if it's a monthly magazine, you have to give them a bit longer because they don't get to the emails as frequently. So I'd probably do it within five or six days if it was a magazine. And the reason why I talk about that is I am teaching hundreds of people over, you know, each year about how to do PR. And over the last couple of years, they have said to me, some of them are only getting picked up on the second email. So the journalists are missing those first emails really easily. And certainly now I've moved to Google, I can understand why, because I seem to lose everything as well. They're very busy and they just miss it. So you must follow up and just check. I've got a great story that I can tell you about an author who wrote a children's book and he'd sold 5,000 copies of the first book and his second book came out and he wanted it in all the parenting magazines and in all the um, children's media. And he came, he sent it out and he came back to me and he said, look, I've sent it to 26 different outlets and all I've had is a half-hearted, yep, thanks, I'll put it in the folder and let you know, kind of from one of them, what should I do? And I said, cherry pick, go and ring all the ones that you really want to be in and pitch the story over the phone. And he came back to me about two hours later and said, I've now got eight articles confirmed. So that is the difference with doing follow up. I would only ring the ones that you really, really want to be in. The rest of them, you can just send them a follow-up email. And again, if you're following up on TV or radio or newspapers, I would pick up the phone as well. Mm, Great tips there. So what are some of the big media for reaching mothers in Australia? Are there particular media brands that you believe that brands and business owners should be considering? Yes, I think that the media landscape is changing all the time at the moment. And I would have said mother and baby and a whole lot of things, but all those magazines have closed down or gone online. I think that people, look, television is incredibly powerful. So I would, without even thinking about it, I would be pitching to those morning TV shows that run from nine till 11. I would be doing daytime radio, 3AW, you know, 4BC, 6PR, talk show radio, where they, particularly during the day, have got a big audience of mums. Obviously, the mummy bloggers are big and they are a great target, but some of them will charge these days. They kind of got onto the whole thing that, you know, brands were trying to promote themselves through there. One of the things that I would often do with mummy bloggers would be to offer them products. So if you have got a product, you could say, let me give you one for you, a couple to give away. And on the back of that, they might do a a review or a story for you. The other types of media are the digital magazines that are popping up for mums. And there are still things like, there are still key and I'm not 100% across all of them these days, but there are still key websites. Kidspot's obviously one of them. Uh, Babyology is another. Essential Baby. There are those kind of things that you would also use. There's magazines like Holidays with Kids. And then you also need, if you want to get to mums, to start thinking about 
the industries that feed into that. So you might want to go to the playgroup industry because they, the playgroup association has a magazine. You might want to go to the primary school teachers, you know, and they've got magazines. So it depends what way you want to approach the mums and what aspect you're in. But I would suggest everybody thinks about the different types of mums as well, because you can't just target mums. There are working mums, there are young mums, there are stay-at-home mums, there are older mums, there are adopted mums, all sorts of things. So if you want to resonate with those people, you need to talk in their language. You need to write your, your story as if you're talking to someone in that situation. And what you'd be saying to an older mum who's maybe you know, at 41 had her first IVF baby is very different, I think, to what you would be saying to a 23-year-old mum or a 30-year-old mum with three young toddlers. So you need to think about the way that they are thinking, the way that their lives are being affected by the children and what stage of the pregnancy, you know, do you want to get to them before birth? Do you want to get to them after birth? Once you have worked out what your niches are and the messages that you would say to each of those target audiences, it makes it much easier to go and find the media that are feeding into those particular mums or types of mums because there are just so many different kinds. Jules, this is music to my ears. This is what I spend all my time doing with my clients is really identifying what sub-segment of the mum market is is your area because mothers are so diverse. They are. And, you know, people come to me and they go, I've got this great service and it's just for women. And I'm like, what kind of women? I mean, we can take mums as a subset and then there's about eight subsets between underneath mums. But there are just, yeah, you really, the more niche you can be, the better. You know, the more that you can say, okay, I'm just targeting women with children under five and women with children five to 10 and that kind of thing, because we all have different challenges and that, that would affect the tone of voice you would have in your message. Now, Jules, one of the questions that I wanted to talk to you about is that the media platform has changed so dramatically over the past decade with the growth of social media. We've got many Facebook pages now that have got greater reach than newspapers. And uh, certainly if I'm a business owner and I'm seeking to also target some of these online parenting communities on Facebook, how relevant is a media release to them? You know, what's the best way to reach the babyologies, the mum centrals, the stay-at-home mums? Well, I guess first we need to talk about what is a media release and I use it and and it's actually not the way journalists think of it at all. I talk about, I really need to stop saying media release and say media pitch because there are different ways of doing it. And if you wrote a complete article maybe it's some tips on you know the five ways that young mums can best play with their children during COVID that is the kind of article that Essential Baby or one of those ones would take what I advocate for is that people do try and get into the mainstream media and then take those clips and those articles and then push those out into the groups because that will immediately make Firstly, the the women think in the the mums in those groups think, wow, this person must be really good or they wouldn't be being featured in the media. And secondly, I believe that the algorithms that are there in the back of social media absolutely love anything that comes from a mainstream media outlet. And so they push it out a bit further. That is probably how I would be doing it. If you were going to the owner of a Facebook group, then you need to be offering advice, which really brings you straight back to what you'd be doing in mainstream media as well. I don't think anyone really wants to know that you have got a fabulous business that's having a sale on tomorrow, unless you can talk about 
unless you can talk about it in a way that's really going to resonate with them and make them feel like you're talking to them directly. So uh, in the same way that if you're uh, writing your media releases for different niches you and your articles, you also need to be thinking about your social posts and who you're talking to and pick a lane, basically, because you can't appeal to everyone. And you may it may mean that you knock some women out in this instance, but it probably means that you'll really resonate with some of them. And then write another article with another post that targets a different type of mum. Your podcast host, Katrina McCarter, has launched her second book. Called The Mother of All Opportunities, this book has been written for board directors, C-suite, senior marketers and business owners to shine a light on the enormous opportunities for growth which exist in the mum market. Katrina demonstrates why now is the right time to rethink your relationship with the world's most powerful consumer, mums. Fast track your brand and build a competitive advantage by gaining critical research-based insights into this massive and underserved market. If you live in Australia, you can get your copy from www.marketingtomums.com.au forward slash book. If you live overseas, you can get your copy from Amazon. Now, Jules, we've seen a real explosion over mum-led business owners over the past 15 years. I think that some of the stats that I quote is that uh, mums are entering business at almost three times the rate of men and have been now for a decade, or women have been. Isn't it fantastic? I love it. (laughs) Yeah, and they're they're predominantly mothers. What kind of media opportunities are there to reach the mums in business segment? That is actually not as hard as it th- as you think because the media is also aware that there are loads of mums out there in business and I do absolutely stacks of B2B stuff myself out to mums as well. So what you want to do is you want to probably target the women's magazines and there are business women's magazines out there and business online websites. There's everything from the carousel and women love tech right the way through to, you know, Mama Mag is another great one. So if you want to get to those kind of media in in a business sense, then you want to be talking to your tone of voice in your pitch needs to be around business. And then, I mean, you can even get those into, you know, the newspaper, into the business section. So you might do something like, we all know what it's like when you're in business and you're trying to juggle the kids So you're only able to work sort of four hours a day. So our new service taps into that completely and helps mums who only have a limited amount of time when they're doing business or when they're answering calls to do it. So that's a very sort of superficial kind of example. But you just need to talk about the business aspects of of women and what the challenges that they're going through if they're mums. And that should resonate with them. And I think that the mainstream media understands that mums are actually huge purchasers and starting loads of businesses now. In fact, I have to see every once in a while that people go, I'm, I'm actually a businesswoman. The fact I'm a mum doesn't mean anything. But it does because it is, it, it provides them with a certain set of challenges that other people that don't have children don't have. So tap into those challenges and tap into what it is that their world is is like and what their day is like and then talk about business 
and how that will affect them or how that works for them. And I think that the media are totally open for all of that these days. I mean, it used to be that they used to run mumpreneur stories. Gosh, when I first started doing it, PR in around the early 2000s, a mumpreneur story was like a really big story. Now they don't even pull them out as something separate. It's just a woman who's in business who happens to have children. And, and they know that that's a massive proportion of the workforce. Yeah, yeah. Look, I see actually this is one of eight uh, sub-segments of the mum market that there is enormous opportunity for uh, B2B providers. So, uh, yeah, it's it's one that, that I see. Yeah, great, great opportunity. Absolutely. And again, the other thing is don't forget that sort of thought leadership stuff. Don't forget that, you know, if I'm doing something about handle your own PR, then I'm like, here are five ways that any business can get started with PR or how to choose a PR agency or five reasons why you shouldn't. So I'm still doing them and I'm sending them out to the mums media and the women's media, but I'm writing it in a way that I might say, you know, when you've only got limited time during the day, the best time to do it is when your child is asleep. You know, I might say something like that to just make them realise that I kind of understand their pain. Sure. Now, listen, one of the big issues that I see small businesses experience when they're seeking out the mum media is actually identifying the right journalists to target. And one of the reasons that I wanted to get you on the on the show is that your handle, your own PR, has got a pretty unique solution to that through your PR engine. And I was just wondering if you might be able to share a little bit about how that actually works. Yes, I'd love to. So having worked, it really, it's interesting because I really set this up for mums. I was working with a lot of mumpreneurs in the 2000s and um, when the GFC hit the last time, if anyone can remember back that far, which was sort of, you know, in the la- sort of a 2008, 2009, I realised then that the media so badly wanted to hear about new and upcoming businesses and innovation and all the clever things that all the women were coming up with. And that was sort of the moment where they started peeling off because they didn't have the funds, which I imagine is going to happen again this year. (laughs) And that people go, I can't actually afford $10,000 for an agency to do my work for three months. And that's when I had that light bulb moment. And I went, you know what, the media still wants to know about the stories. And these people have the stories. So why don't I just teach them how to do it? So in 2017, I decided I would start what they call a SaaS platform. And what it means is that you can go on and run a whole PR campaign or multiple PR campaigns off the one platform online. So the way that my system is set up, you go on, I've got about 3,000 journalists in there that are active and you can build your media contact list. So you might go in through business and then through women's interests or whatever. I've got lots of different categories. You choose the categories that are right for you. They are based on what the journalists have said they're interested in hearing about. And you build your own media contact list Then when you've done that, you can go to a next page, which has a media release template set up. Now, that can be for an article or it could be for a media pitch. What you do is you put your, it's got like click here to put your logo in, click here to put your photo, then you write your headline, then you write your body copy. And underneath, I have the ability to add extra images, to add links to research or whatever else you might have. And what my system does is it then formats that into a beautiful media release. And then you go and choose the journalist that you want to send it to. Now, my platform is set up so that you can see the journalist's name, their phone number, their email address, everything. So whether you want to pick up the phone and call them or email them, that's easy to do. 
you from your list choose the journalist that you want to speak to you click on a button that then pops up with an email widget which just allows you to write the email that's going to go out and it goes out from your own email address so that the journalist will respond to your inbox and then I put in the the uh, very important stage so once you have sent one out it will put the date on it that you've sent it out and then all those contacts will jump into a follow-up stage which allows you to select all and send out to all those journalists again saying this is a follow-up just checking you saw this it has got a mail merge facility so you can send it out to loads of journalists and all of them think that you're just sending it to them so it says hi mary hi john hi hi whatever um, it's also got a scheduling system so that if you want to send, you know, if you want to, you could sit down for two days or a day, write a whole lot of releases, post them all up and then schedule them to go out once a fortnight or whatever you would like. Uh, you have the ability to write notes about the journalist and you can also tell me if it's out of date because at the moment we are finding some are because the media is moving around so much. So I've got somebody who automatically updates whenever she gets an email that says a journalist is out of date. But just to reassure people, I also, the system automatically sends out to journalists every three months to check that their details are right. But it's very, very hard to stay on top of that at the moment. And you can use it as many times as you like. So I've priced it at the moment. It's It's got a sale on, but um, it's priced at under $1,000 a year anyway, so that people can get multiple campaigns out and it's not going to break the bank. Great. Now, listen, Jules, if people wanted to learn a little bit more about you and what you're doing over at Handle Your Own PR, what's the best way for them to make contact? The best way is probably through the website. On the website, which is handleyourownpr.com.au, on the front page of the website, I've got a thing called Check Out the Freebies. One of them is a walkthrough of the PR engine that has actually been very nicely done by one of my customers who's had over a hundred articles published in the last two years. And she said, let me, let me, I want to take everyone through it. So we've got a video with her explaining it. God love her. And then I've also got a free webinar on there that you can sign up to. It's 40 minutes. And I take people through examples. I talk, I bust a whole lot of PR myths. And I also take them through the six steps for how to do your own PR. So that's probably the best way to get hold of me and find out what it is that I do and then have a little explore of the website. I'm also all over LinkedIn, like a, I don't know what a, something that's all over LinkedIn. And I also am pretty good on Facebook, but not my personal Facebook page. I do it all through the Handle Your Own PR page and Handle Your Own PR gang, which is my group. Okay. Well, listen, we'll put all of those links in the show notes as well. So uh, listeners can easily get hold of those things. Jules, I'd love to thank you for taking some time out to chat to us today and educating us around the value of PR and how to get started. Thanks for being part of the show. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for asking me. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Jules shared some great practical tips to get you started in gaining your media attention. I'd really like to throw you a challenge to have a go at doing it yourself. Over the next 30 days, why don't you create and distribute your media release using PR Engine's distribution platform and see what media attention you can secure for your business. As always, thanks for joining me today on Marketing to Mums, the podcast. Until next time.
You've been listening to Marketing to Mums, the podcast, the show which helps you drive sales and profit in your organisation by developing a deeper understanding of the world's most powerful consumer, mums. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review and tell us what your key takeaway was or who your favourite guest was and why. If you would like to get the show notes from today's episode or any of the links mentioned, all you need to do is head to marketingtomums.com.au forward slash podcast. Don't forget to sign up to receive an email to let you know when the next episode is released. Thanks for listening.